Man, right, right now, I want to do something I've been waiting to do since, uh, since September 27th. Since September 27th, I've been, I've been waiting to have this opportunity. I, I've been releasing my faith for this opportunity, amen, to have this opportunity to, to, uh, to, pre- to present and introduce the apostle, the founding pastor of this church, Dr. Jerry Savelle. Everyone get, stand up and give Dr. Jerry Savelle a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. You can be seated. Thank you. I appreciate that so very much. And even more, I'm glad to be here. Amen. I'll get into what God has done in just a few moments, but um, I have received the word of the Lord regarding 2017, and that's why I'm here today, praise God, is to talk to you about it and to share with you what the Lord has given me. Open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. In this chapter, Moses reminds the people of the great miracles that God did for them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. In verses 3 and 4 of this same chapter, And his miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all the land. And what he did unto the enemy of Egypt, or the armies of Egypt, unto their horses, unto their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day. And Moses also informs them that God's not done. That even though he's done these great miracles in bringing them out of the land of Egypt, that he's not done. He informs them that tremendous prosperity God has planned if they will continue to be obedient to his word and if they will allow him to order their lives And to follow him. In verse 24 and verse 27. It says every place. Whereon the soles of your feet. Shall tread. Shall be yours. Verse 25. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God. Shall lay the fear of you. And the dread of you upon all the land. That ye shall tread upon. As he hath said unto you. Behold, I set before you this day blessing and curse, a blessing if ye ye obey the commandment of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. So notice God is saying to them that he had great prosperity planned for them. Not only did he deliver them out of the land of Egypt, but he was going to bring restoration. And he was going to see to it that they got back 
and even more so than everything they lost in the land of Egypt. Amen. He's the God of restoration. Amen. So if you've been going through some tough times, don't give up. It's not over yet. God is the God of restoration. And I've discovered in my Bible that minimum restoration with God is twofold. Twice everything you lost. Look at your neighbor and say, twice everything I lost. The Bible even says in, in uh, Proverbs that it's possible that you could gain seven times what you've lost. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, my God is the God of restoration. Amen. So God is telling them that he not only delivered them, but he has greater miracles in store. That it's not over yet. The best is yet to come. Amen. Once again, he said that if they were obedient in following his word, I wrote down three things that are vitally important where God's word is concerned. Number one, let your hearts be filled with his word. Number two, let your eyes be fixed upon his word. And number three, let your mouth continually speak his word. So number one, let your heart be filled with his word. Number two, let your eyes be fixed upon his word. And number three, let your mouth continually speak God's word. And if they did this, then his promise to them was this in verse 21, that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children in the land, which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. The new English translation says, so that your days and those of your descendants may be extended. You're looking at a man standing in front of you today whose days have been extended. Hallelujah. My days have been extended. September the 27th, I went in for surgery. Um, Last year, I had open heart surgery. I didn't know anything was wrong with my heart. But when they examined me, uh, the main artery was 75 to 90% blocked. They did uh, uh, bypass surgery, uh, open heart surgery, and told me that in approximately one year later that I needed to go back in for another surgery for the artery, the main artery in my neck where the blood flows to your brain and uh, that it was 95% blocked. 95% blocked. And I didn't know it. I didn't have any symptoms of it. I wouldn't have known any of this had I not uh, gone to the physician. And by the way, my physician is born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, (laughs) Bible-believing. Amen. He came out of Mac Hammond's church. His wife got saved at Mac's church, and then later he did. And he's moved down here. And I've been praying for a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-believing doctor. Praise God. Amen. And so, um, anyway, they told me I needed to go back in about a year later 
for this other surgery, and that happened on September the 27th. And uh, they told me that it was just a routine surgery to remove the plaque that had built up. They said it was hereditary. Um, My grandfather died of hardening of the arteries uh, before he reached uh, 61 years old. No, I'm sorry, 65 years old. Uh, my dad had heart disease, and, uh, but I didn't know anything was wrong with my heart because I believe I've, I've lived by the Word of God all these years. Uh, I've confessed the Word that with long life, He satisfies me. I, I confess that I'll live longer than my grandfather. I'll live longer than my father. My grandfather died at about 65. My dad died at about 72 And uh, uh, I was believing to live longer than them. And, uh, of course, I'll be 70 next month. And, uh, but when I went into the, for surgery, uh, thinking that it would be just routine surgery, he said most people that have this surgery uh, leave the hospital the next day. And uh, so that's what I had my mind set on. I went in. Uh, not having any concern, uh, the doctor's one of the one of the finest, and um, so I totally expected to have the surgery and and come out the next day. And during the surgery, uh, of course, I didn't know this till three days later. I had a stroke, and um, I lost complete use of my left arm, uh, right arm. Uh, and the and the worst thing about all this was. I had total loss of memory. I didn't know my family. When Carolyn would walk in, they'd say I would smile, but I didn't know who she was. And I didn't know my children. And uh, other people that would come, um, that's a horrible thing. And to me, I mean, it's one thing to not know my wife and not know my children. And, uh, but on top of all that, I couldn't remember one scripture after studying the Bible and preaching the Word of God for 47 years. I lost all memory. And uh, so they began to give me tests and so forth. And, and uh, I don't remember a lot of it, but uh, I do remember when I started recovering, praise God. Uh, Brother Copeland came and, and prayed for me, and, and Jesse and Kathy DePlantis came and prayed for me. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful to have uh, friends that love you and, and people that believe in you and people that stand in faith with you. Amen. Amen. I didn't have anybody, to my knowledge, in that room that didn't talk the Word of God, didn't, didn't exercise their faith. Hallelujah. And so I began to uh, recover. And at some point I heard, I overheard either the doctor or somebody say, if he shows improvement tomorrow, we'll release him to go home. And as soon as that person left, uh, I said, put on my robe. Bring me my robe. And Keith and Phyllis Moore had sent me a robe that they bought in London at the same place um, Prince Charles buys his robes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I looked princely. <laughs> Amen. I said, bring me my robe. 
And uh, they helped me put it on because I had no use of this right arm. They helped me put it on and, and uh, I couldn't walk very good. And, but I was determined that whatever they needed to see in me as far as improvement, that I was going to be there by tomorrow. Because right. I want out of that hospital. And so uh, anyway, I started walking the halls and I, I'd hold this arm up. And I'd hold it up here and I'd command it to work and command my brain to work and command uh, my body to work. And I'm, I'm walking around like this, you know, and holding that arm. But I, I kept walking and kept walking and kept walking. And Carolyn was my coach and, and Rachel was my coach and Jerry and Terry were my coaches. And, and, and thank God to have a family around you that believes God. Amen. Amen. It stays in faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Carolyn would not listen to any doubt and unbelief. Amen. Uh, you know, when they said uh, that normally people that have this surgery leave the next day and, and I, didn't, I didn't leave and, and the, the, the things that uh, happened to me uh, were not supposed to happen. And it didn't look like I was going to walk out of that hospital. Carolyn wouldn't give up. Thank God for a wife that stays in faith. Amen. Amen. And so the next day they released me. And uh, I went home. Man, that was a joy to be in my own home. And I still didn't have total use of this arm and and I'm still believing God, and I'm, and I'm still, uh, you know, doing the things that were necessary to, to get strength back and use of that arm, and they're coaching me, and, and uh, they'd put a, a piece of clay in front of me and put pennies in it and bury the pennies in it and tell me to break those pennies out of there, pick those pennies out of that clay. I, I couldn't do it. My fingers wouldn't work. My hands, my hand wouldn't work. And that was so frustrating that I can't even get a penny out of a piece of clay, you know. And uh, so they'd work with me. They'd work with me. They'd work with me. They'd put pictures in front of me of a leaf, uh, 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 different things, you know. And, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say what they were. You know, a, a leaf. I couldn't think of the word. Um, and they just kept working with me, and I kept believing God that I'm not going to end up like this. This is not the way I'm going to end up. Amen. My days are supposed to be greater when I get older and not worse, hallelujah. Amen. So we kept working with it. Then I told Rachel, take me out to my shop, and I went out to my classic car and motorcycle shop, and I walked in there and stood next to that Indian motorcycle. And I couldn't remember how to start it. Now, the devil has gone too far. <laughs> go, to, go to messing with my memory of how to start a motorcycle. He'd gone too far. I stood there and I looked at that thing. I could not remember one thing about starting that motorcycle. 
I said, I am not leaving this building until I start this motorcycle. And I just stood there. And, I, and, and here's the one thing that I didn't forget how to do. Pray in tongues. That whole time. I never forgot how to pray in tongues. In fact, Brother Copeland was, came to the hospital to see me. And I don't remember one word he said. But I do remember praying in tongues the entire time he was there. Amen. And so I'm praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings all things to your remembrance. Amen. And I stood there over that motorcycle. And then finally, I I thought, well, if I do this and I do that, then this thing ought to start. And I did this and I did that. And it started. And I went to every motorcycle in my shop. And I started every one of them. The smell of fuel was wonderful. Hallelujah. (laughs) Then I went to every classic car. And I started every one of them. And my memory started coming back. My memory started coming back. And I I would place demands on my memory. See, faith without works is dead. Amen. Faith without corresponding action is void of power. Amen. And so uh, eventually I began to sit down and, and, and look at the Bible and, and, and determine to recall certain scriptures. I couldn't remember scriptures, locations, or I couldn't remember uh, in quoting them. Forty-seven years I preached around the world and I can't remember where the where scriptures are. And so I sat down and began to look at my Bible and, and uh, read and uh, confess that the Holy Spirit brings all things to my remembrance. And uh, I'd start walking and around the house or outside and all of a sudden a scripture would come to my thinking. I'd think, I know where that scripture is. And I'd go in the house and look it up. And I'd start walking around again and scripture would come to me. Scripture kept coming back to me. And if I didn't know where it was, then I'd go look it up. Thank God for Strong's. And thank God for a telephone with a Strong's downloaded in it. Praise God. If I couldn't think of where that scripture was, I'd go to that phone and, and look it up. But most of the time, I demand that I would bring it back to my remembrance on my own without that phone. And if I couldn't, then I'd go to the phone. But it started coming back. And then I remembered that here it is, October. And I said, Lord, I remembered this. You always give me the prophetic word in October for the coming new year. I said, anytime you're ready, I'm ready. (laughs) Well, it didn't come until November the 4th. And uh, I was reading the word and and going to various verses to bring back in uh, my memory. And I was walking around. Actually, I was up in my... uh, the top level of my classic car garage where I have another study and where God hangs out. And uh, 
I went up there to spend the day and the word of the Lord began to come to me. And he said this, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. 2017, the faithful shall flourish and it shall be like heaven on earth. The faithful shall flourish and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm one of the faithful. And that means that I'm going to flourish. And it'll be like days of heaven on earth. And give the Lord a shout over that, praise God. Amen. Now, going back to the New English translation from Deuteronomy eleven twenty one, so that your days and those of your descendants may be extended may be extended. Now, I've had open heart surgery last year and I just had the plaque removed from this main artery that goes to your brain. The blood flows to your brain through that artery. Can you, can you, can you see the miracle that God had done for me of traveling all over the world like I have for 47 years and not even have a symptom? God just protected me. And I was confessing all these years that with long life, he satisfies me. With long life, he satisfies me. With long life, he satisfies me. I, I am already a manifestation of that verse that my life may be extended. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, going by what the doctors said, but even they said that I got at least 20 more years. Now, that would make me 90. But if I'm not satisfied, I'm going to keep going because that's what the Bible says. Amen. If I'm not satisfied... I'm just going to keep going, praise God. Amen. So my life has been extended. I'm already experiencing the fulfillment of this verse. Like the days of heaven itself. The New Living Translation says, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish. In the land, the Lord swore to give your ancestors. So notice there's two very specific promises there. Number one, your life will be extended. Your life will be extended. Anybody fighting for your life? Lay hold on that right now. Your life will be extended. Amen. And then also it says, and you and your children will flourish. Praise God. Look look at your neighbor and say, my days are just barely getting by are coming to an end. Hallelujah. Now, let's remember this is specifically promised 
to a select group of people. The faithful. The faithful. If you're not faithful, then maybe you ought to retract what you just said. Now I'm going to get a little tough on you this morning. But you, you go ahead and receive it, okay? Faithful. There are a lot of, lot of people in the body of Christ, but not all of them are faithful. There are a lot of church members, but they're not all faithful. Go ahead and lock the door, sir. Speaking to the faithful. Amen. You and your children will flourish. The Holy Spirit said to me, the faithful will flourish in 2017 and it will be like days of heaven on earth. Flourish, I want to give you 10 definitions of what it means to flourish. Number one, to thrive. To increase, to enlarge, to grow, to prosper, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress. And I love this one. To be at a high point in your life. I'll say them again. Number one, to thrive, to increase, to enlarge, to grow, to prosper, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress, and to be at a high point in one's life. Now, I want to challenge you to take that list and declare it every morning. Several times a day. Take that list and say, this is my season for flourishing. And if I am to be flourishing, then I can expect this. And don't just do this once or twice. Don't just do this because... You heard it this morning and it, you know, rang your bell and you get excited and you go home and confess it three or four times and then forget about it. That's not even being faithful right there. Amen. The faithful shall flourish. Now, you know, if you look at the news media, this doesn't line up with what's going on in our world today. But very seldom does God and the world agree on anything. Amen. Look at at somebody and tell them, it's my time to thrive, to increase, to enlarge, to grow, to prosper, to abound, to spread out, to expand, to make steady progress 
And this will be a high point in my life. And give the Lord a shout in advance. Amen. Now let's go to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. And look at verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. (laughs) They shall be fat and flourishing. Still bringing forth fruit in old age. And they shall be flourishing. Now, the Amplified Bible says... They will be full of spiritual vitality. Full of spiritual vitality. By the way, if you notice, I got the use of my right arm back. Praise God. I got my memory back. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not done. I'm just getting started good. I'm full of spiritual vitality. Amen. Verse 15, to show that the Lord is righteous, the Amplified says, they are living memorials to show the Lord is faithful to his promises. I'm a living memorial today. I'm a living memorial standing in front of you to show the Lord is faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Shout, he is faithful. Tell somebody, my best days are not behind me. They're just ahead of me. The Rotterdam's emphasized Bible translation translates this verse. The righteous shall thrive, they shall grow, and they shall flourish. They shall thrive, they shall grow, and they shall flourish. Look at someone and tell them, my days of lack are over. over. It's time for me to flourish. flourish. How many of you really believe the word of God? Then you should have shouted right after you quoted that. Amen. My days of lack are over and it's time for me to flourish. Now, if you're not one of the faithful, you can't say that. Amen. It says they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The Clark's commentary says as these trees flourish in their respective soils and climates, so shall the righteous. Now listen to that again. It's very important. As these trees flourish in their respective Souls and climates, so shall the righteous. Brother Copeland did for nearly 30 years uh, a believers convention in Anaheim, California. And of course, I, I did every one of them with him. And every year when we would go out there, uh, not every year, but 
after we built our home here in Crowley, um, Carolyn would have our road crew who took our truck uh, with all of our tapes and books and so forth to sell in that convention. When the convention was over, there was a major nursery not too far from the hotel. And Carolyn would send our guys over there to get uh, these ag- ag- agapanthas. I called them angry panthers. But, uh, <laughs> and what was that other? Just agapanthas. Okay, agapanthas. She would have them load up our, our truck. You know, it's a big, big truck. Load it up with those flowers and bring them back to plant. And I would jokingly say, every year, the same thing would happen. And after a while, I would jokingly say that um, after they opened that door and those angry panthers (laughs) touched Texas soil, they folded over and died. (laughs) They never lasted over a couple of days. And she'd spend a lot of money loading that truck up and they never lasted. Come on. Now, could it be said that they were not in their respective soil? What church you go to? Amen. They aren't in their respective soil. One of the definitions of soil, which I believe applies here, is a geographical area. It's not the only definition, but it's one of the definitions. A geographical area. Folks, if you're supposed to be in Crowley, Texas, you do not want to live in Newport Beach, California. Come on, that's right. I know. That's right. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Listen up, Jerry Ann. <laughs> when, when I was just a young man and preaching in Southern California, three businessmen came to me and invited me to lunch in Newport Beach. And if I wanted to live in California, I'd probably select Newport Beach. And uh, they said, uh, we want you to have lunch, bring your family. They said, Brother Jerry, now this is in the early 70s. The Word of Faith churches were not very well known at that time. They were just starting to spring up. Brother Jerry, if you will come to Newport Beach, we will buy you a piece of property. We will build a church. We will pay cash for it. When we're finished, we'll hand you the keys if you'll come and be our pastor. Man, you, you, you almost want to say, let me pray, okay? <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way. I said, I'll pray. And I went back home. I said, Lord, what about that? And he said, well, if you want to be controlled by three wealthy businessmen, because the first time you do something they don't like, 
or they don't agree with, they may take their building back. He said, so if that's okay with you, then go ahead and move. I said, that's not okay with me. Now, over the years, Jerry Ann would say, now, Dad, we had an opportunity to be in Newport Beach, California. Crowley? Newport Beach? And you chose Crowley? But this is where God planted me. This is where God planted me. Now, if I'd been planting myself, I would have chose Newport Beach. Or, for me, Hawaii. Amen. I mean, during the millennium, during the millennium, excuse me, I'm going to be governor of Hawaii anyway. Excuse me. You know, but this is where God planted me. I wouldn't have chosen Crowley. There's a whole lot more beautiful places than Crowley, Texas. But this is where God planted me. You know, when Brother Copeland moved out to um, Eagle Mountain, shortly afterwards, he said, Jerry, I'll give you land. Build your house next to mine. Build your offices next to mine. If this is where you want to be. What an offer. To give me the land next to Brother Copeland? Build my offices next to Brother Copeland's offices? I mean, I was honored that he would think of me that way. But I prayed and I said, Lord, what about it? He said, I want you in Crowley. So here I am. Amen. Now, if you're where God plants you, you will flourish. If you're not where God has planted you, he's under no obligation. Are you still here? I see people moving in and out of churches all the time. Dear God, if everybody ever, uh, that's ever come to this church all came at one time, There'd be over, uh, I think over 5,000 people that's come through here. And some of them did not leave by God's direction. They're leaning to their own understanding. Now, if God planted you here, your attitude should be, no devil is going to move me out. Amen. Now, let's read a little more in case I hadn't stirred you up a little bit. One of the definitions of soil, which I believe applies here, is a geographical area. An example is when American troops are stationed in a specific region of the world. They're on foreign soil, a geographical location. The word climate also refers to a region or a zone. 
I would take this to mean that you need to be where God wants you to be. Amen. When, when Carolyn and I left Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, we lived next door. Her dad had built a house for us, actually built for somebody else, and they moved out, and we, we bought it from her dad. And, of course, the grandchildren were born there. And, and no grandfather likes to see his grandchildren, you know, move across the country with something, you know. He was very attached to those granddaughters. And uh, Brother Copeland had a word of knowledge for me after I came to the Lord. And he said, uh, in, the, in the middle of a service, he just stopped. He said, Jerry, stand up. He said, God showed me in prayer today that you and I will be a team and we'll spend the rest of our lives preaching the word of God together around the world and it will be your responsibility to, begin, to, to believe God for when the team will begin. Now, that was, that was a word from the Lord. And my in-laws, particularly my father-in-law, wasn't too thrilled with it because his granddaughters were moving. I, I think his attitude would have been, Carolyn and I could go, but leave the grandchildren here. You know? Oh, he was so attached, especially that, that first one that was born. I mean... You know, I mean, I, I know that when Mark James was born, it changed my life. Totally changed my life. I, I tapped into a reservoir of love that I didn't know existed. Amen. You know, and, and each one of them have a special place in my life and in and, and my heart. And I understand, I didn't understand it at the time. And when we packed up to move here to Fort Worth to come to work with Brother Copeland, my grandfather, I mean, my uh, father-in-law stood out in the yard and cried like a baby. And I'm seeing that in my rearview mirror as I'm pulling out. And I mean, I'd never seen this man cry like this. And I said, Carolyn, look at your daddy. What's wrong with him? I don't know that he ever forgave me. You know, for taking his grandchildren away from him, you know. Uh, but, oh, man, when Jerry Ann moved to California for a, a season, dear God, I had to go apologize to my father-in-law. <laughs> oh, I was, I was a mess. I, I, I thought, well, at least I can help her move out there. And I drove the truck with the furniture and had those two grandsons sitting next to me. And I cried the whole way to California. <laughs> and when we stopped... They'd say, Mama, why is Papa, Papa crying so much? <laughs> and when we got them moved in, I was going to fly back home the next day, and I went to LAX, uh, a hotel I stay in across from LAX. And, and when I got there, I was a basket case. And I've stayed there so many times. People knew me there, and they said, uh, Mr. Savelle, can we help you? I couldn't even see. I'd, I'd cried my eyes shut. And when I got to the desk, I'm trying to fill out the form. I'm crying. I'm crying so much. And an old man. Well, man, wait a minute. He was about 70. He wasn't old. <laughs> but when I f- finished the registration, they gave me the key. I've stayed in that hotel so many times. 
And I knew where the elevator was. I couldn't, I couldn't see. I was, I, I cried so much. And that gr- old man grabbed my arm and said, young fella, could I help you get to the elevator? <laughs> he said, is anything, is everything all right? I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going home without my grandchildren, you know? So I understand that now, but I didn't then, you know, but, uh, I don't know why I told you that story, but anyway. (laughs) You need to be where God wants you to be. That's why I told you that story. We knew we were supposed to be in Fort Worth, Texas. And and I made a mistake one time. My my mother and father-in-law were in a meeting I was preaching. And I said, the day I left Shreveport, Louisiana, I left Egypt. And the day I got to Fort Worth, Texas, I got to the promised land. Come on. And that didn't sit well with them. You know? <laughs> Come on. And you know, one time, one time the, the church where Carolyn grew up, Life Tabernacle, where Steve is now in the Go Ministries, uh, we went there before we moved to Fort Worth after I came to the Lord. And over a period of time, you know, they've gone through, the founding pastor passed away and so forth, and they've gone through several pastors. And one night, I had a dream. And the Lord was telling me to go to Shreveport to Life Tabernacle and pastor that church. I woke up screaming, not so, Lord, not so, Lord. <laughs> to me, that, that would that be going back into Egypt, you know. <laughs> Because I knew that's not where God wanted me to be. Where God plants you is where your vineyard is. Where your harvest is. Can you say amen? The psalmist said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. The house of the Lord is symbolic of the universal New Testament church. And of course, the church is all over the world. So that means you need to find out where you belong. That's right. Amen. 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 You need to find out where you belong. If it's here in Fort Worth, you need to find out where you belong. But don't ever get the idea that God doesn't have a church for you. That you can make it all by yourself without the church. No, that's not the plan of God. Jesus shed his blood for your redemption. He established the church. Amen. And you need to find out what church you're supposed to be planted in. And the key word is planted. Planted. Amen. Carolyn used to have me to go around in her flower beds and dig up the weeds. And I'd always believe God for something else to do at that moment. You know, and, and particularly if there was a football game on that I wanted to watch, I'd grab them more and go cut them weeds down. She said, you didn't, you didn't get the weeds out. I'll be back up. It's hard to get things removed that are planted. Yeah. That's good. 
Amen? If you're not planted, you will be easily moved. Now, I'm not talking about everybody in the body of Christ will flourish. Not everybody. That's right. The faithful. Come on, The faithful. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Planted implies deeply rooted, firmly fixed, and immovable. Deeply rooted, firmly fixed, and immovable. There, There are people in here like this today. They're firmly fixed, deeply, deeply rooted, and immovable. You know, it seems that the body of Christ today is so easily moved. You know, I just, I just heard just a couple of days ago that, uh, you know, now that Chisholm Trail is opening and there's land on each side and there's a, there's a church that's getting ready to build just probably less than a couple of miles from us. And, and that's a great, and it's a great church. It's a great ministry. But the first time somebody hears that there's another church down the road, you know, uh, they're, they're singing a lot better than we do. Uh, are they, 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 they doing this and we don't do that in our church and, 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 and they have, they have more parties and, and, uh, they, they, nobody in the church dresses up. And we'll find out if you were planted. Amen. Some of you are wishing that I didn't recover so quickly. (laughs) Brother Jerry, you come back in here and spank us. No, not if you're faithful. Amen. I'm just trying to get you to to be part of this plan of God here, praise God. He wants you to flourish. I said, he wants you to flourish, praise God. And you say amen. So planted, once again, implies deeply rooted, firmly fixed, and immovable. Could this mean that if you aren't where God wants you planted, then he's under no obligation to cause you to flourish? That there'll be people around you flourishing and you won't be one of them. Come on. And most of the time, God gets the blame. Yeah. Come on. I, I have people tell me that, you know, the prophetic word that the Lord gives me that, you know, uh, well, Brother Jerry, that didn't come to pass in my life. Well, it did mine every year. Every year comes to pass in my life. But... Maybe I'm fulfilling the, my responsibility. I'm not just sitting around and hoping things will change. I'm taking my faith and 
Believe God for it to change and demand for it to change and don't give up when it doesn't look like it's changing. And God brings the results. He confirms his word with signs following. Now, if, 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 if you're not faithful, then God's under no obligation to make this happen for you. But he'll get to blame when it doesn't happen. But he's been blamed for a lot of stuff and you're not the first. And he changes not. Amen. You play by his rules. I personally believe that this is one of the major reasons that so many in the body of Christ today aren't flourishing. They aren't where God wants them. Being in the wrong place can be costly. If you don't believe it, ask Jonah. Amen. And if you're still not convinced, ask Lot. Let's go look at Lot for a moment. Genesis chapter 13. Look at verse 8. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. Now that's the wrong excuse to leave a church. It's the wrong excuse because it looks brighter over there. The grass is greener over there. They're not so demanding over there. Listen to this. He lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Adam dwelt, I mean, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Everything doesn't look. Quite as good as it seems. You know, in the natural, make it plain. Make it plain. 
In the natural? Man, I, I wish we had a building and land, you know, on the major freeway, all beautiful, brand new, new development, attractive, but no. God gave us weeds. building that you can possibly do to make it more and more comfortable for people and and you know accommodating but it don't make any difference how pretty the building is how pleasant everything is there's always somebody finds fault and I'm gonna I'm gonna find me another church that's fine However, if you leave where God planted you, then it may not turn out quite as lovely as you thought it would. Amen. Am I saying all this the way you told me, Justin? <laughs> Pray for him. He got to follow it up next week. Praise God. <laughs> Being where God wants you to be is vital. Don't treat this lightly. Don't make hasty decisions. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. John sixteen thirteen says that he will guide us. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord and lean not to thine own understanding. Amen. Once again, don't take this lightly. So we could say, in this coming new year, if you truly want God's best, then make sure you're planted where he wants you. Being planted is not an option. He wants you planted. So ask the Lord where he wants you and be planted there. If you aren't, or let me say this, ask him where he wants you planted, not only that, but then be faithful there. If you aren't where he wants you and if you aren't faithful then you could miss out on some major blessings. If you aren't flourishing, then it won't be God's fault. Once again, don't be like Jonah and end up in the belly of a well because, God, or because you're not where God wants you. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, For them that honor me, I will honor them that honor me, I will honor. You honor God by being obedient. That's right. 
doing what he wants you to do and being where he wants you to be. Amen. Yeah. I, I really believe if, you know, there are other places in America that if I decided to move there in a short time, I could have thousands of people in attendance in a church. Yeah. Yeah. I've been offered churches, already had thousands of people. Just give it to me. But it wasn't where God wanted me. Amen. It wasn't where God wanted me. You know, it's amazing that a prosperity preacher, God plants in an area that is poverty-minded. Duh. <laughs> Amen. What, what is God thinking? Can you say amen? amen? Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. James tells us in James 125 that the Christian that is obedient, he calls them doers of the word, then they shall be blessed in their deeds. So once again, it's important that you remain, first of all, find out where God wants you planted and then remain there until further instructions. Amen. Amen. Disobedience always brings consequences. Satan will use it to rob you of God's best. Let's look again at um, Psalms. Well, we were Psalm 92. I want you to notice in verse 10, but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Being where God wants you to be. Being planted where God wants you planted. Puts you in position to increase in the anointing of God and to be anointed with fresh oil. It sounds like to me, God is going to give us a second wind. Hallelujah. No wonder the devil has worked so hard to get people to give up, to get people to get out of place. Congratulate the person sitting next to you for not giving up. In verse 14, the Amplified says, Growing in grace, they shall still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. Growing in grace. The word grace is synonymous with the word favor. Looks like to me God is saying we're about to grow in favor. Hallelujah. Growing in favor. More and more favor testimonies are coming your way, praise God. It says in the Amplified, they will thrive and they will prosper. Thrive implies to increase, to become more successful 
and to advance. Job chapter 8 verse 7, Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Job 42, 12, So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. So God kept his word to Job that he would greatly increase. Thrive, once again, implies to increase, to become successful and to advance. Advance involves promotion. Rise in rank and to be preferred. Preferential treatment is one of the characteristics of the favor of God. Begin to expect God's favor to manifest in greater ways than ever before, praise God. Don't ever forget that you're the seed of Abraham. And one of the blessings that God bestowed on him was increased favor. Increased favor. Flourishing involves increasing in the favor of God. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm headed, I'm headed, I'm headed for greater victories than I've ever known before. Praise God. If all the favor I've experienced for 42 years is about to increase, glory to God, I think I'll go ahead and shout now. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter what's happening to everyone else around you, you can expect the favor of God to manifest in your life. Get up every morning declaring Psalm 5 verse 12. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Say continually, the favor of God surrounds me. Say it out loud. The favor of God surrounds me. Say it again. The favor of God surrounds me. Amen. That's, that's coming in. That's going out. Everywhere you go, the favor of God shows up. An outpouring of God's favor would surely be like days of heaven on earth. In closing, I encourage you to not get caught up in what's happening in the world. Stay in faith. Stay focused. And to refuse to become negative. Stay in faith. Stay focused and refuse to become negative. Watch and expect for God's favor. Hold on to this promise. Psalm 111 verse 5. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. You're a covenant person. Psalm 115 verses 12 through 15. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, the Lord hath been mindful of you. He will bless you. The Lord shall increase you more and more. You and your children, you are blessed of the Lord. And give the Lord a great shout. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet, if you will. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want you to take this word with you. Where is it? (laughs) 2017. The faithful shall flourish, and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Say it again. In 2017, the faithful shall flourish, and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Turn and tell at least one person. Quote that. 2017, the faithful shall flourish, and it shall be like days of heaven on earth. Give the Lord another shout, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 In the famous words of the Terminator, I'll be back. Amen. Amen.